1: Again, to lock in today's low mortgage interest rate and get the security of our exclusive Rate Shield approval, call us today at 800Quicken or go to RocketMortgage.com. For JD Power award information, visit JDPower.com. Rate Shield approval only valid on certain 30 year fixed rate loans.
2: Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Hi, welcome to the Subway ad for the new Sesame Ginger Glaze Chicken Signature Wrap. How would you like it? I'll take a... Sports announcer at home? Yeah, how'd you... We just know. My wife picks up the new Signature Wrap. It's got double the rotisserie-style chicken mixed with a Sesame Ginger Glaze. She
0: appears annoyed at me, but she shrugs it off. Those sweet and savory flavors are calling her name. She lifts the wrap and... She takes the bite! Incredible! And now she's closing the door on my... Subway, make it what you want. Limited time only at participating restaurants. Double meat based on average six-inch sub. KLRN radio has advertising rates available. We have rates to fit almost any budget. Contact us at advertising at KLRN radio.com. Welcome. To my, to the Moff this party show that was amazing. I fall out of love with that music, and then I fall back in love with it. I'm sitting here listening to it at the headphones, and I'm just like, now just let it rock, just let it go. It's gotta suck if you do. If you're in a band or a musician, and you like you're making copyright-free, royalty-free music, and then you hear somebody using it. And you're like, oh, man, that was good. I should have I held on to that. Okay, it's Memorial Day weekend. It's a long weekend. Everybody has Monday off. We're all we're going to start off by thanking everybody who's served, everybody who's made the ultimate sacrifice, everybody who's trying to uh, keep America free, and everybody who has helped keep America free in the past. Uh, you all are the reason for the season. However, we're still going to have some fun. We're going to hit some barbecues. We're going to be doing all kinds of stuff. It's a crazy show. Not crazy, but it's a little. It's a little different. We lost. We lost the Liberty Gimlet. She is. She's a wall. She. <laughs> there's a problem with recording over Skype. Uh, she did her darndest to fix it, and the the gods of of all things technical conspired against her. She tagged out. We gave her the go ahead to hit a barbecue. We're like, go go get your drink on, Liberty Gimlet. So she's getting a little break, and we are celebrating we are heralding the return of kung fu rick he is in the house he is on the line how you doing man
1: i'm doing great man it's good to be back
0: how you been doing yeah busy busy it's it's wonderful it's uh it, it's it's been a great couple of weeks uh, i know you listen to the show you 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 help out you're on air here all the time and doing stuff there is uh we're deliciously close to beating the algorithm on Facebook. Last week, I thought uh, we'd be close to 9,000 uh, followers on Facebook. Dude, we're way closer to 10,000. Then that, That's supposedly when you break through. That's the breakthrough number for uh, for Facebook and for YouTube. People are digging what we're throwing down, and I, I'm loving it. The The numbers for theloftestparty.com uh, are way up. The numbers for this show are way up. It's it's good. It's a lot of pressure, but it's a lot of fun, and I and I like uh, I love doing it. Right. So so why stop? I have no intentions of stopping. It's just getting better and better and better. So yes, you you did that little intake of breath like you were about to say something.
1: Actually, that was me trying to unmute my mic, but now that you can hear me again, um, I was going to say, yeah, you guys' numbers have actually... uh, You guys are exploding all over the place. I I get a look at a lot of the the behind-the-scenes numbers for a few places when I'm putting the podcast and stuff together for you guys, and your numbers over the last few months have just gone way up. What I'm afraid of is you keep telling everybody what the magic number is for Facebook. Zuckerberg's going to figure out you've got the secret, and he's going to change the number on you if you keep telling everybody.
0: I, I, I tell you what, I will never, ever try to predict what that dude is going to do. I I I really won't. It's I have theories. I well this actually leads into the first uh topic really really well. Like there's that um supposedly there's that doctored footage of Nancy Pelosi flying around the internet. And it's 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 of her, I guess. There's there's like there's a bunch of videos. One of them is is like she's sitting on a couch doing an interview. And somebody slowed down the audio, and they must have slowed down the picture, just a hair, just a touch. So they took they took her, you know, speaking normally, and then they slowed it down, like when a, you know, when a drunk person is really trying to not act drunk, so it looks like she's over pronouncing her words. It's actually, uh, you know, it was cleverly done, whatever. But uh, that's the that's the doctored Facebook footage. Now that's not the one that Trump tweeted. And that's not the one that uh, Daily Wire and a lot of other ones are tweeting. That's just – the ones that, that, that Trump tweeted is, is her stammering during a news conference or a press conference and the one where she holds up two fingers and she says there's three things to remember. But she's literally holding up two fingers. That one's not doctored. Th- there's nothing doctored about that. That's just her stammering through a press conference. Now, Facebook is taking a lot of heat – because they've decided, and this is where to your Zuckerberg point. This is like Facebook uh, is leaving up the one of her on the couch, where the audio's been slowed down, and I have uh, and and they're taking a lot of heat for this. But I have a theory about that. I'm listen. This this whole show is going to be a conspiracy theory show. I, I fear I fear I've gone off the deep end. But here's what's so uh, Zuckerberg and the Facebook people have decided that they're going to let that. uh that video stay on, stay out there. And I think I know why I think it's so they can say, uh, there's a doctored video of Nancy Pelosi out there. There's a doctored video so that if you see the real video of Nancy stammering through a press conference and holding up the two fingers, you think, Oh, that's the one they doctored. That's the one they doctored. So there's no, which, which I think is, uh, really, really brilliant. On on the side of of Facebook and the left, I'll, I'll give them I'll give them credit for that. That way, you can just discredit any video of Nancy stumbling and mumbling, and you'll think, oh, that must be the one that they doctored. You feel me? You know what I'm saying, there, Rick.
1: Oh, no, I completely agree with you. That was actually one of the first points I made when I realized they were leaving that video up. But to back up for just a second, it's funny that you're going to uh, push this one as a conspiracy theory show, because I don't get to do this that often, so I'm going to plug something. Uh, not not last Friday, but this coming Friday. We're starting a new show on KLR and radio called Juxtaposition, which actually will be a conspiracy theory show.
0: That's great. <laughs> That's great. You know what's You know what's fun about conspiracy theories? is there's usually, like, something there. There's usually, uh, I, here's the, here, and this goes back to the Nancy Pelosi thing. Like, Nancy's behavior is odd. It's really odd. And we've all, I mean, and maybe it's just a dental thing, like, legitimately, maybe she just has to talk like that because she's always doing something weird with her teeth. You know, who knows what she's going through in her private life. But but when when your behavior is so odd like that all the time, And then somebody puts out a video of you like trying to put your words together and then you have to come out and go, oh, no, 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 that that was doctored. Like the reason the reason it got shared so much, the reason it was so like, uh, air quote, popular was it was completely within the realm of uh, possibility. (laughs) Like like I watched I watched the doctored video this morning and I'm like, that could be real.
1: Well, what also sold it is the guy, whoever did this, and I'm not going to say guy because I'm not sure, is an editing master because I've actually, I have some friends who do this type of stuff and they basically pointed out the only way that they could have made it work was to slow everything down just a little bit. So it's probably at about... Anywhere between 75 to 80 percent of normal speed, and you're right, they did also slow the video tracking down just a little bit as well to make her movement seem more exaggerated. The fact yeah. that they found the perfect blend to make her seem like Otis from Andy Griffith was amazing.
0: <laughs> it did, it was just like Otis from Andy Griffith. That guy was great, yeah. They, they I think, they, I think the they They found the sweet spot. I think it was they're saying now video uh, analysts are saying seventy five percent. However, this also gives them uh, free uh, free range to, to say, you know, and someone already did this on Twitter. oh uh, they're they're spreading uh, they're spreading doctored videos just like they did with Jim Acosta, just like they did with Jim Acosta. And no, uh, let the record show that that Jim Acosta when she gave that girl the karate chop on the arm, that was not doctored. In any way, that was not so uh, I think it's a it's a it's a brilliant move on the side of the left to, you know, just let the doctored video stay up there. And that way you can claim, oh, all the videos are doctored. This must be the doctored one. And here's the other great thing. And a friend of mine on Facebook who I'm not. (coughs) Oh, excuse me. A buddy of mine on Facebook who's uh, we're not on the same political sides at all. He's really, really far, far left. But he he rose he he brought the uh, this point up that never occurred to me. He's like, well, you kind of have to let the doctored Nancy Pelosi video up because you let all the doctored Trump things up. I mean, there's so many videos of you know where they made Trump's face really really red or they put his head on another person's body or you know there's there's a million of those out there. So I guess you could say what's good for the goose is good for the gander, which has been my whole thing. That's been that's been my my theme this uh this last week uh and because holy smoke let's bring this up as long as, as, long as we're talking about facebook and numbers there is uh i did a uh video for uh youtube and for loftusparty.com did it a couple days ago and i thought it would be pretty good you know there's ones where when you when you do them and you're you're editing them and you're putting them together you're like ooh this is a good one this is a good one and it was a warning uh it was it was meant to be fu- they're all meant to be funny but like uh, of Nancy Pelosi and the the gangs in D.C. Uh, wanting to dig into Trump's past, uh, his business dealings when he was a private citizen, his taxes when he was a private citizen, which is I don't think that's cool at all. I don't think that's good for anybody. But, you know, in the video, I'm like, OK, well, let's dig into everybody's past when they were private citizens. And then I even went to Snopes and checked into this whole thing uh, you know does Nancy Pelosi's family have ties to organized crime and even Snopes is like mm, they kind of do <laughs> so and then uh, you go back through everybody Chuck Schumer and all of them all of them all of them have something. so it's crazy and maybe it's just two different audiences uh, the the video's doing really well. On on Facebook, uh, I think it's up to like ninety thousand views. I mean, it's just and it's being shared thousands of times, which is wonderful. Which is just wonderful. It's the it's the best, the best kind of advertising, you know, is to actually do something funny and have people enjoy it and share it with their friends, and it kind of makes a point. I it's and but here's the weird thing, uh, it's almost like YouTube uh, turned turned the YouTube channel off, like it's it's wild. That a video could do so well on Facebook, and and just not do anything on on YouTube, it's crazy. Now here's now here's where I go to the conspiracy theory. When I uh, when I titled the video, and this is like three days ago, the the video is titled uh, "Nancy Pelosi shouldn't play this game." Like immediately, immediately, like as soon as I clicked publish. On the YouTube channel, it says this video's been demonetized. We don't think it's going to be suitable for all. Now that just must be a combination of words that the AI reads and the algorithm and all that other stuff. So I, so I, uh, I clicked on a, I want a manual review. If somebody could look at this and and determine whether it's suitable for all advertisers or not, and then a couple days later. Uh, after, you know, the video was performing, the video was performing really, really well. When you go to the analytics, like the first two, three days, it was just boom, just chugging right along. And then I got, then I got a, an email from YouTube saying, Hey, we watched your video and yeah, that's suitable for all advertisers. And then after that it flatlined, it's like, I really think that someone at YouTube Central said, "Yep, uh, technically this is good for all advertisers, but we are going to not let a lot of people watch this." It's it's really crazy. It's it's conspiracy theory central. I know, I know, I know, I know. But uh, there's a reason some of these theories are, are true because it's 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 just it's just to me it's crazy because you have you have two different samples to go from. You know, Facebook versus YouTube, and Facebook it's just. Gangbusters, and then YouTube, it's like crickets. But anyway, well, that's not going to stop me.
1: You said mean things about gaming, Nancy, so that's not allowed, though. That's why.
0: Oh, dude, <laughs> I went into uh, and then and the, here's the wonderful part about it, and this is this is what I love. This is when I like uh, I have to give myself a pat on the back. I'm I'm always playing between the lines. I'm playing fair. I'm only using like I fact check stuff. It's none of this is uh, none of this is just like crazy theories but it's it's nuts if you do if you are the the least amount of like intellectually honest and do the smallest amount of like like journalism or even pseudo journalism you're amazed at the stuff that you 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 find like check this out and i mentioned this in the in the the chuck schumer portion of the nancy pelosi video and i don't know if people know this there was a girl who was on the show uh, Smallville, which is actually a great show. Check that out. It's good in reruns. And she somehow got involved in some big uh, – they're calling it a sex cult in New York. Do you know what I'm talking about?
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I can't think of her name, but I know exactly what you're talking about because I couldn't believe it yeah. when I started reading the headlines. I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah,
0: yeah and there's crazy. like super rich movers and shakers that involved in this uh, sex cult. Well, I guess when the FBI or whoever raided their offices, they had a bunch of data on Chuck Schumer and they, they listed his name, the sex cult people did as, as friendly, like Chuck Schumer's quote friendly. And so in the video, I'm like, Hey, let's look into that. What's going on? Like, cause that's the whole thing with, with the whole Trump Russia thing. They're like, Oh, uh, you know, there's a. There's a a tape of Trump doing things with hookers in Russia, and they've got him over a barrel, and that's why he allowed them to interfere in our elections, blah, 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 blah. Well, hey, there's like legitimately – and all of that stuff has been proven to be untrue. All that stuff has been proven to be untrue. However, here you've got Chuck Schumer's name legitimately popping up as being friendly to a legitimate sex cult, and no one is interested like no one that that is just that's that's shocking to me. That's shocking to me. And then uh and then who was the other one? Oh, my gosh. I got I got my notes here. Like it's like Diane Feinstein's uh, Chinese spy chauffeur. She had a Chinese spy as her chauffeur for 20 years and no one seems to care. It's and oh, and then you got Elijah Cummins. Elijah Cummins, that guy, there's a new, uh, pay to play scandal with that dude, just a couple days old, but you would never know it. You would never know it. The media is so in the tank for the, the left. It's, it's almost, it's almost like a comedy skit. It really is like a comedy skit. Like you you can be on the left and you can almost do anything and they're not even going to get away with it. Like, and this comes back to Nancy Pelosi, Pelosi's, out there a couple days ago just saying that you know trump's involved in a cover-up he's involved in a cover-up and and no one even says what do you mean like what's what's he uh what's he covering up what's like no no not one reporter she said it like three or four times and not one reporter even has the 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 balls to say what do you mean what cover-up that's like that's criminal that's 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 criminal. Every every journalist who was sitting in there who didn't raise their hand and say "What do you mean cover up?" Uh, they should lose their press pass. They should really. Uh,
1: they should lose just their kidding. job, not just their press pass. But that's just my opinion.
0: Yeah. Oh, here's another one. This is a great one. This is perfect timing. There is a uh, a journalist uh, for the New York Times. This this literally just happened on Twitter as we as we record this. Uh, a guy by the name of Ian Bremmer. Ian Bremmer. Uh, And he he tweeted out. Oh, my gosh. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? He tweeted out a fake uh, a a fake uh, Trump quote. He says President Trump in Tokyo and then parentheses Kim Jong Un is smarter. It would make a better president than sleepy Joe Biden. So he just made that up. He literally just made that up. And now you've got all these people are retweeting it and quoting it. Ted Lou, of course, Ted Lou's retweeting it. Uh, and then somebody, then somebody finally calls him on it. and goes, uh, when did Trump say that? And then Ian Bremmer goes, oh, he didn't. But we all, but we all believe that's a, it's a, but we all think it's reasonable to believe he was thinking it. And they're like, well, you can't, you can't present something as a quote and just say that he was thinking it. And he's like, oh, I did this to prove uh, how the, the media is too quick to jump on fake quotes and made up news sources. Really? That's what you're doing? That's what you're doing, Ian Bremmer? You're doing a great big social experiment? It's just, it's just, uh, it's shocking. It's shocking, 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 shockingly bad. But it's been a bad week for journalists. It's been a bad week for journalists, and I know we have the sound cue. This fills me with delight. This this fills me with that. Uh, oh, what's that German emotion where you take delight in someone else's uh, uncomfortableness? I believe. it's Flo-
1: Schadenfreude, but I think yeah,
0: Schaden Schadenfreude. It it is fantastic. There is a a woman by the name of Naomi Wolf. There's a girl named Naomi Wolf, and she just wrote a book about how these these poor kids, these these people, these homosexuals in England had been unjustly uh, persecuted and, and sentenced to death. And. <laughs> and, she, and she's on the radio. She's finished the book. <laughs> That's the part that I shouldn't laugh. She finished a book. Uh, about how all these kids were, were put, put to death, uh, for, for acts of like, uh, sodomy and stuff. She's on a radio program in England and she finds out that she's wrong. She, she finds out that, that she, she should have looked more stuff up. She should have done some more research and the entire hypothesis for her book is wrong. It's, do you know that, do you remember that, uh, do you remember that Simpsons episode where there was that stupid little kid who was in love with Lisa and they're videotaping him opening a Valentine's card from her and he realizes that she doesn't love him and then Bart's like, ooh, look, it's the exact moment you broke his heart. It's the, that's what's great about this clip. We have it queued up. I want, it's, it's, it's the exact moment moment. (laughs) I don't know why this makes me laugh so much. Let's just, we'll just play it. We'll play it and then we'll comment on it. You get sentences, as I mentioned, of penal servitude for 10 or 15 years. And I found like several dozen executions, uh, but that was again, only looking at the um, old Bailey records and the crime tables. Uh, Several originally.
2: dozen executions.
0: Correct, and this corrects a misapprehension. Several dozen um, executions that is in every website that the last man was executed for sodomy in Britain in, in eighteen thirty five.
2: I don't. I don't think you're right about this. <laughs> One of the cases that you look at that, that, that's salient in your report is that of Thomas Silver. It says. Um, Teenagers were now convicted more often. Indeed, that year, uh, which is 1859, um, 14-year-old Thomas Silver was actually executed for committing sodomy. The boy was indicted for an unnatural offence. Guilty. Death recorded. This is the first time the phrase unnatural offence entered the Old Bailey records. Thomas Silver wasn't executed. Death recorded. I I was really surprised by this, and I I I looked it up. Death recorded is that is what's in I think most of these cases that you've uh, um, you've identified as executions it doesn't mean that he was executed it was a category that was created in 1823 that allowed judges to abstain from pronouncing a sentence of death on any capital convict whom they considered to be a fit subject for pardon I don't think any of the executions you've identified here actually happened
0: well that's a really important thing to investigate what is, your, what is your understanding of well, what death recorded
2: means? Death recorded, this is also from... That, I've just read you the definition of it there from the Old Bailey website. But I've got here a newspaper report about Thomas Silver and also something uh, from, uh, from the prison records that, that show the date of his discharge.
0: The prisoner was found guilty and sentence of death was recorded.
2: Yeah. Ah, but see, but the, the jury next- recommended the prisoner to mercy on account of his youth. See I think this I think this is a kind In of the words
1: of Mr Smith When I found this I, I didn't really know what to do with it apostrophe. because I think it
2: is I think it's quite a big problem with your argument also it's the nature it's a of the offense here Thomas Silver committed an indecent assault on a 6 year old boy
1: Having an epiphany on live radio <laughs> is not the best place to have an epiphany
0: <laughs> Oh my god the only thing better would if it would have been on on television it's just crazy how and this is not – I don't want to underplay anything or overplay anything really. I, I just think it's hilarious, just hilarious when she's like, well, that is a really good thing to know. Here you've got a radio host, an English radio host, who took like five minutes out of his busy day to actually look into the subject, right? He wanted to look at it like, is this true or is this not true? <clears throat> and he quickly found out that it wasn't true. And this is the it's, – it's a beautiful – case study in, uh, the problem with modern journalism is the, these journalists, they want something to be true. They, they latch onto an idea. Ooh, I want it to be this way. So I'm going to look into, you know, this huge thing. And they only look at it through those, that one lens through that one lens. And then you, you find yourself wasting a couple of years of your life, writing a book about how these people were put to death for being gay. <clears throat> and it never happened. It never happened. And the one guy, the Thomas Silva, good lord, he, he raped a six year old. There's somebody who probably should have been put to death. So I, I just, oh my gosh, I just found that to be delightful, just absolutely delightful. Do you watch the? Uh, do you watch? Do you watch the Mark Levin there, Rick, uh, on, yeah. on the Fox News?
1: Yeah. Actually, I, re- I well, most everything I watch, I I record and then I go back and watch later because Lord knows I don't have time to watch live tv but yeah his is one of the shows that i actually watch he's him and basically the five are the only two things that i watch on fox news on a regular basis anymore unless of course i get told ahead of time that you're gonna be on the morning gig which you do from time to time
0: (laughs) well thank you yeah yeah, i was on i was on the other morning it was a lot of fun that was a lot of fun i am i'm enjoying that I'm, i'm always very happy when they call me in i watched uh i kind of uh I I challenged Pete Hegseth to do stand up. I was I was giving those guys some grief a couple weeks ago. So it looks like it looks like that's moving forward. Hegseth and I and hopefully Gutfeld and a couple of the other cats from Fox we're going to try to raise some money for a veterans charity oh, and awesome. uh we'll be doing some stand up together. That'll probably be at the end of the summer. That'll probably be more towards uh August September. But I, I saw that Hegseth was going to be co-hosting or he was going to be the guest on uh, Mark Levin's show. <clears throat> so I actually T-voted, and it was all about uh, the media and how – like I, I I always think, oh, I, I've wrapped my arms around the problem. It's a common theme for this show. Like, oh, it's worse than I thought. It's worse than I thought. And, and then, boy, watching uh, Levin because he's got that new book out about the media, and not only is like – air quote like real journalism dead but like the journalists uh and i lose that use that term loosely the ones that we're listening to and the ones that we're watching they're all not only is it not balanced and and based on who what where one why it, it it's based on is this good or is this bad for the liberal cause is this good or is this bad for the progressive agenda is this good or is this bad for the the socialist utopia that we're trying to create it's 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 really awful it's really awful and levin makes a lot of sense that dude is compelling a buddy of mine does a great impression of mark levin i'm now doing my friend's impression of mark levin and he gets more excited and he (laughs) says, it's hilarious i gotta start doing that in my stand-up Dude, I, I
1: love Mark Levin, but I can only handle him in small doses. There's just – after so long, his voice tone reminds me of Fran Drescher playing the nanny.
0: It does. He goes up. He gets excited. It gets more and more staccato, and it's hilarious. And, and Like, I don't want to make fun of this guy. I really don't. But, like, if I was Saturday Night Live, I, I'd go off on it. It's always funny when he's being interviewed. He's on Hannity all the time, and one his – When Mark Levin is talking like this and speaking like this, you're in pretty good territory. You can always go, we got to wrap it up. We got to go. We got a hard break, commercial break. But when Levin starts going up and the tone gets higher and his voice gets, you know, he's just entered at least a five-minute tirade. At least five (laughs) minutes. And your heart goes out. You got a host in New York who's got producers literally in their ear going, we got to wrap it up. We got to wrap it up. And you'll see Hannity. (laughs) You'll hear Hannity going, two minutes, Mark. We, we got we got to wrap it up, Mark. Mallet, it's funny. I don't want to make fun of those guys. I want to make fun of the left. I want to make fun of uh, uh, the Rachel Maddows of the world. Mark I mean, Levin it, is wonderful. It is still funny, though, but the, the thing that makes it
1: the most funny is he does this for a living. So you know he's used to the scheduling and used to when they need to take breaks, and he will still intentionally try to blow through the break on anybody else's show. You cannot tell me yes. he's not trying to do it on purpose because he knows better.
0: Yes, yes. And he's, like, daring them. It's like you you nailed it on the head, man. It's like a a little mini soap opera. It's like a little mini movie. They've had Mark on. They know what he's going to do. He knows what he's going to do. Everybody knows what he's going to do. And they're like, you've got a three-minute segment. And Mark Levin comes in, and you're at the two-minute-thirty mark, and you're like, okay. And then he starts going up. Diet Coke, funded by George Soros. George Soros, who treads a— We got a record. He just bullies them. Just, even, even on Life, Liberty, and Levin last Sunday, he's telling he- Pete Hegseth like remembered the day. Hegseth is like it was like May third, uh, two thousand and twelve, uh, and you did an eight minute rant. We only had two minutes for the segment. It was hilarious. It was hilarious. But I don't want to make fun of Levin. I really don't. I'm and I'm not. I'm teasing in a in a in a good way. The I guy, don't. the guys. Uh, wonderful. I don't so here's another thing.
1: Because con- I'm pretty sure that, I, like I said, I'm pretty sure he does it intentionally. I actually, I found out some of their backstory from from Hannity at one, at one point in time. Where we actually talked at a few minutes at the CPAC once. Um, oh, yeah? It was, yeah, it was about a five-minute thing. We were at the bar together. And he was telling me how him and uh, Levin had met. And that actually, he was the one that helped Mark get on his first radio show. He actually footed the bill for him for a while. I was like, "You want to put somebody else's bill?" And that was where the conversation ended. <laughs> wow! Wow! He was like, "See you, man. I gotta go." <laughs> I was like, "Okay, you realize, I hope you realize I was just kidding, but yeah, whatever."
0: <laughs> I, I tell you what, no that would be a that would be a really fascinating conversation to have. I would love to have that conversation uh, with Sean Hannity, like legit. Uh, it's here here you go. here's 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 my little my little uh, dream interview thing for today. This could change in an hour. I would I would really like to know from uh, Hannity, from Rush Limbaugh, and from uh, especially Glenn Beck, like how they started and and what they think <clears throat> that they were doing differently that that started their popularity. if they if they could pinpoint the moment or they could pin, you know, or what they thought. You know when they started to really kind of break through, and and what they credit with that, because it's crazy. I mean, there's there's a ton of really good uh, radio personalities on around the country, and not everybody you know not everybody breaks through. Not everybody makes that that crazy uh, connection. But like Limbaugh did it, and he still does it well to this day. Mm, Glenn Beck, you could argue, he kind of went off the went off the rails. He got real conspiracy theory, but like a lot of what that dude says, there's a lot of truth uh, to that as well. I but mean, uh
1: well, having listened to both of them for a long time, I remember uh, Limbaugh saying what his moment was when he realized he had something. Um, and it was... Because basically, whether anybody wants to admit it or not, he basically grandfathered the format of conservative talk radio because nobody even really knew it was going to be a thing when he came up with the it. He's one of the first ones that started doing it. <clears throat> but when he knew he had something, was and it was completely by accident, he was on air and somebody had sent him uh, a new product called Snapple. And he started talking about it on the air. And suddenly they were getting, they, they sold out. And they were like, so what's going on? What what What's happened? Because back then, nobody knew who it was. And they figured out that he was talking about it on his radio show. And since then, the rest for him and them is, is history. Um, as far as Beck, I think, at least for me, what set him apart from everybody else is he's the first talk show host I ever heard of who has my style of sense of humor. He was okay with making fun of himself to make other people laugh. And that's what yeah. set, that's what set him apart for me. I don't want to speak for him, but that's why I started listening to him.
0: Yeah. Now, with 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 the Rush Limbaugh uh, Snapple thing, that's like when he realized or when when the rest of the world realized that something was happening. Right. So you'd actually have to, I think, go back even farther because Rush had to have been doing something, you know, because a a bunch of people were listening uh, and evidently they didn't know how big the audience was until the Snapple thing like proved it. You know, all of a sudden they're like, "Whoa, holy crap!" We're selling a lot of Snapple. That's proof that uh, he made a connection with the audience. I just, I just find it, I just find it very, very interesting. And uh, yeah, I, I, I I love to reverse engineer stuff and, and, and see. You know, and it really doesn't benefit me at all. It's just, you know, fun to (laughs) figure out. But like, I I, I love how.
1: As far as what gave him the actual idea, I've never heard him say. But I do know that at that time he'd only been doing this for—I believe, if I remember right—he said it'd only been a few months. He came up with the—he came up with the idea to do it and decided he was going to do it. And they had no idea how big of an impact they were having until Snapple called them and said, "Thank you for selling all our stuff," and they became his first sponsor.
0: I think at one point he was giving his show away.
1: He was. It was actually on the first station, the first station that I ever had my show on, which was which is WJNC out of. Uh, it does Philadelphia, New Jersey. That was actually the first station that he got his show on, which was kind oh, of. Oh wow. That was kind of funny because the programming director that I was working with at the time told me that I don't normally do solo shows anymore but I think you could be the next limbo. And I said, I'm pretty sure you're just telling me that because my airtime chat cleared, but thank you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's always uh, funny. This is this is going great. We're like dovetailing into segue after segue. But like everybody's like, oh, well, you know, the right has uh, Fox News and the right has AM Talk Radio. And, and I, I just saw this the other day and, and retweeted it on the, the Loftus Party Twitter account. This guy it's an interview with uh, Andrew Breitbart <clears throat> and this guy's, uh, you know, sitting across the table from from Andrew and, and going, hey, you know, the the right has Fox News and you have you have a.m. radio. You know, what else do you want? What else do you want? And Breitbart doesn't skip a beat. He goes, I want all of it. I want all of it. I want all of the media. It's <laughs> like, that's fantastic. I never <laughs> if I would have been in an interview and they're like, OK, so you're a. Uh, you know, you're a conservative uh, comedian and, and writer, producer and blah, blah, blah. And you have this and you have that. What else do you want? I'd, I, I would have been back on my heels. I would have been like, I don't know. I guess I guess we're doing OK. But but Breitbart had the totally correct answer without missing it. Like I want all of it, which is what which is a great, uh, great thing to have. But it makes me very happy that uh, uh, I'm out there amongst uh friends and we're we're actually trying to make a difference The last week and the week before on this show i was you know talking about this show i was pitching and how you know we pretty much just got these these people just blatantly told us we're not gonna we know that show's great we know it's a good idea we know it would would make a lot of money but we're not going to put it on the air because it would make us look like we're friendly to the right so i'm just okay so if 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 television for right now is is not an option, then I'll just go back to the comedy clubs and just really, really start a grassroots movement because there's people all over the country who have – they feel isolated and alone and let's come together and have big laughs and make fun of the Nancy Pelosi's and, and make fun of the Chuck Schumer's and make fun of the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's and – I tell you, this, this show comes out on a Monday. It'll come out on Memorial Day, and then Tuesday I'll be at uh, Zaney's in Nashville. It's a phenomenal club, and we're going to have a blast on Tuesday night, and we hope to see you there. Tell Tell all your friends, and then on Wednesday we're in Huntsville, Alabama. I've never been to this club before. It's called Stand Up Live. I've heard nothing but great things, but we're going to be doing shows there, and then it's Kansas City and... Omaha and Des Moines and Syracuse and Albany, and then there's gonna be Orlando and Tampa and uh, we keep getting oh, Hartford's gonna be in there. Uh, oh, wow. so, so we're gonna keep adding dates. We're gonna keep doing more shows and uh, just taking taking it to the streets, which I, I'm kind of digging it. like listen, you guys i have I have no problem being the underdog. I've, I, I when we started doing this show, uh, years ago, like I legit knew, okay, so we're the underdog. We're the, we are the, the punk rock. We are fighting the man. And, and people love to say that we're not, you know, and the, the right has plenty. No, no. The, the, everyone's lined up against us. We are, we are the counterculture <clears throat> and I dig it. I, I dig it. I will, I will gladly uh, go from city to city and, and tell jokes and not have my freedom of speech stifled, be able to cut loose on stage and have people laugh and take these jokes, you know, for how they were intended. It's crazy. Like when I, when it's how we started the show, we're talking about the Nancy Pelosi video. It's like literally you have to think, three or four times about a joke that you do for a for a youtube video or a facebook video and i'm and I'm trying to play fair and trying to not get silenced and trying to not get demonetized or have videos taken down so it's such a i'm looking forward to these shows so much just to be able to cut loose and eliminate the middleman and just tell jokes in a comedy club in front of like-minded people it's yeah, that's I'd, who it's what it's all about
1: i'd be looking forward to them too but you keep skipping oklahoma
0: well, what's the club in Oklahoma? What's the nearest I, club?
1: I'll I'll find one for you. There's two. I, there's you know what? Or three I want to say here. it's gonna be. I want to. I think
0: I'm gonna say Looney Bins.
1: Yeah, I think they're. I think they're still the biggest one around here. Um, but yeah, I was just giving you a hard time. It's just okay. I was like, so you're going to Kansas and Alabama? No love for? Yeah, I see how it is.
0: <laughs> no, no. I and you know what I'm thinking, dude. I'm and I'm. I gotta write this down. I gotta write it down. I mean, come on. But I all should...
1: 77 counties went red two elections in a row. They will love you here.
0: No, but I'm thinking I'm writing down Oklahoma, Looney Bins, and then I gotta call. Uh, I gotta call my buddy Rodney Carrington.
1: Oh, see now you ever see now you're just you ever see dropping. Rodney? Yeah, I've seen Rodney. Now you're just name dropping because I, I know this guy. <laughs> I'm just playing.
0: I <laughs> uh, no, I it's. Uh, we need all the help we can get, and I don't think Rodney would be shy. We got a shout-out, this this Loftus Party live show. One of the guys that I'm going on the road with uh, is my buddy Reno Collier, who was on the Blue Collar Comedy Tour uh, for many, many years and was Larry the Cable Guy's opening act. And, uh, and Larry gave us a shout-out. Uh, Larry the Cable Guy gave us a shout-out on Facebook, which was, I think, insanely cool of him. Insanely cool. There's so many big-name acts out there who are like, uh, I can't risk being associated. I can't even risk mentioning it in a tweet because I can't be associated. I mean, and, and cause they're afraid it'll kill their career. And that's a legit, that's a legit question. But I think, uh, I think Rodney, i not seriously, dude, Rodney might, I might not even be cool with this, but uh, <clears throat> he's a good dude and he's funny, man. That dude is funny. I got to I don't know if I've ever told this story before. Uh, but this would be – uh, it's a good one to to have on on the podcast. A million years ago, a million years ago, I was living in Columbus, Ohio, pretty successful stand-up. I was touring around the nation. I was headlining, right? I was the, the closing act on the show. And there was a uh, – there still is a comedy club in Lexington, Kentucky called Comedy Off-Broadway. And it was run and owned by this wonderful dude, this wonderful man, Jeff Gilstrap, who – I don't even know what his politics were. I just know the guy loved comedy. He loved stand up, any kind. Like he loved really, you know, smart, smart, you know, brainiac stand up. And he loved real blue collar, you know, bumpkin stand up. He loved puppet acts. He loved all of it. As long as you were making people laugh, he enjoyed it. He didn't like people who stole jokes. He didn't like people who did like hacky familiar bits. He wanted it to be original. He wanted it to be original and funny. He did not care what you said. So, uh, so there you have it. I got a phone call from him. Oh my gosh, this has to have been, this has to have been in the nineties. Holy smoke. I'm old. He calls me up and he says, Michael, uh, I don't know if you, your book this weekend, but I'd love to have you at the club. And I'm like, absolutely. I'm free. What's going on? He goes, well, it's weird. I want you to kind of be on standby. I hired this new comedian. He came highly recommended. I And I booked him to headline. I just don't know how funny he is. So if you could come in and just kind of be available in case this guy tanks, and then I'll have you go up and close the show. And I go, absolutely, you know, uh, I, whatever I can do to help. So it, it was like a, it was like free money for me. <laughs> it was like free money. All I have to do is just like kind of hang out and see if I get called up. So I go to the club and he's like, well, you can do, you know, do some time. You might as well tell some jokes since you're here. And so the headliner, uh, this kid who had never been hired or worked the club before, uh, is this dude, Rodney Carrington. So it's, it's Wednesday night in Lexington, Kentucky comedy off Broadway. There's like maybe 45 people in the crowd. It's a small crowd. Uh, the MC goes up, uh, then the feature act goes up and then I go up. And you know things are going wonderfully, and then Rodney uh, comes up after me, and so we're all standing in the back. What's this guy going to do? You know, it's this mystery performer, whatever. He he whips out his guitar, and he's got this big white cowboy hat on, and this this shirt that's just so immaculately cleaned, like like he just took it out of the box. It was so clean, and he starts doing this song. I like my women like I like my chicken, just a little bit of fat on the end. Sing you, and it was. It was hilarious. It was hilarious. And the only reason I tell this story, the only reason I really like this story is because I've, I've only seen this a handful of times <clears throat> when, when he, ma- he just made some kind of really funny, really silly connection uh, with the audience. And those people, it was a great show. He was hilarious. And there was only like, you know, like I said, like 45 people there. The next night, I have to think all of the people from Wednesday came back on Thursday and they brought their friends. So now there's now there's like 100 people in the audience for a Thursday show. The show goes insanely well. The audience is singing along hooting and hollering. Everybody's laughing. He's hysterically funny. Friday sold out. Saturday sold out. Just it was crazy. Just like the word got out about this kid it was fantastic. It was really fantastic. He's a funny, funny dude he he makes me laugh. He had his own show on ABC for a while.
1: Yeah, I know, I remember.
0: It was great. He uh I was working Oh my god, I'm just telling old stand-up stories now, but maybe maybe somebody will find this entertaining. I was uh working at the improv in Tempe, Arizona. I had moved out uh, to Los Angeles. <laughs> I had moved out to Los Angeles. Uh, but I'm doing a lot of road work, you know, to pay the bills. I'm in Tempe, Arizona. And, uh, <clears throat> somebody tells me like, wow, this is a great crowd, you know, cause Rodney's in town. My show was sold out and they're like, oh, this is great. You know, you sold out cause Rodney's in town. I'm like, who Rodney Carrington? They're like, yeah. So I get off stage and, uh, this white tour bus shows up and it's, it's got Rodney Carrington on the side. So he comes walking in, he had just done a show somewhere and I'm like, do you want to, do you want to do some, t- do you want to do some time? Do you want to do some jokes? Like I was just bullshitting, right? I'm just totally you know? And he's like, yeah, I'll do it. Ding, ding, do. So I tell the MC to make an announcement. I tell I tell all the people, sit back down, sit back down. <laughs> we got a special guest and Roddy came up, he did some jokes. It was incredibly silly. Uh, and it was like so Vegas, you know. Hey, my buddy Rodney's here. he's gonna do some time. So afterwards, we're hanging out and talking, and he he's asking me. He's like, "So did you move out to L.A.? You out in Los Angeles? I heard you moved out there." And I'm like, "Yeah, dude, uh, I moved out." I'm like, "How about you?" He's like, "I'm still in Oklahoma. They keep wanting me to come out to L.A. They want me to do a TV show." I told him no. I told him no. And I'm like, "Well, <laughs> really?" He's like, "Yeah, they didn't have enough money for me at the time." Uh, John Ritter was the biggest star on ABC. He was doing like this show, uh, Seven Rules for Dating My Teenage Daughter or something like that. It was a big hit show for ABC, and he was like the highest paid actor. I guess Rodney – this is him telling the story. He went into ABC, and he goes, I'll do a show for you, but what's John Ritter make? How much does John Ritter make? You pay me what you're paying John Ritter, and I'll say yes. And dude, (laughs) ABC said yes. And that's when he did his show Rodney on ABC. Just hilarious, just hilarious. So if I can work it out to stop by the Looney Bins with the Loftus Party Live, I'm gonna t- definitely try to work it out with Rodney to have him come out and do some songs. That would be that would be the best. That would be the best. That'd be a good show, wouldn't it?
1: I'll, well, I mean, if you can make it happen, I'll be there. <laughs> it'll be it'll be a trek for me because I live down south now, but I'll be there.
0: Well, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to make the effort. How far are you away from? Uh,
1: uh it's about a f- forty five minute drive. I live uh in I live in between two small towns. I live in between Purcell and uh, Washington, Oklahoma. I'm about ten minutes south of Norman.
0: Okay. T- did you say ten minutes south of Normal?
1: Norman, but same thing.
0: <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I tell you what, ten minutes ten minutes south of Normal. Sounds like a a wonderful. That sounds like a best selling novel right there. That sounds like a that sounds like a self help book. He just ten gave, minutes away just from gave normal.
1: You t- just gave me the title to my memoirs one of these days, <laughs>
0: <laughs> right? Chapter one: twenty minutes away from normal. Chapter two: fifteen minutes away from normal. Chapter three: ten minutes away from normal. Okay, I'm going to move on now to uh, to more media, and we, we got some more conspiracy stuff coming up for you. John Voight. Did you see John Voight's video on, on Twitter the other day where he's talking about uh, Donald Trump as a great president? I love him. He's he's right up there with Lincoln.
1: Yeah, I've seen the video and I've also seen the left's reactions to the video, which were even more funny. Uh,
0: well, I've been thinking about this. And, and first of all, I want to say this publicly. Uh, good for Johnny Voight. Good for John Voigt, like for standing up for what he believes and of course, the left is gonna mock him and ridicule him and like Alyssa Milano today uh, called him an F lister called him an F lister and I'm like you've got to be your your claim to fame is uh is a show on TNT about witchcraft uh, and before that, who's the boss okay so you were on you were on two successful shows uh, John Voigt is an Oscar winner. He's an Oscar winner, like important movies. (laughs) And like, I just, I I was shocked when Alyssa Milano, like, really? You want to, you want to start having a resume contest with John Voight? With John Voight? You want to compare resumes? He's an F-lister. But how sad is it that like when, when he comes out in support of, of the president that like, that's the, that's the number one trending thing. Someone someone admits publicly <clears throat> that they think Trump's doing a good job. We should mock him. We should ridicule him. We should throw him out of our society. That's just that just proved to me, like how twisted things have become, how insanely twisted they've become.
1: I mean, what bothers me about it is, you know, it I'm more concerned when it's the opposite, because despite all the data, the left is entirely convinced that he's going to destroy the country. And I, I don't see where it's where they're getting their information from anymore. Because, I mean, at one point he was an unknown quantity, so everybody was pretty sure that we didn't know what we were getting. And that's, again, I've never, I've never been shy about telling anybody this. I did not vote for Donald Trump in the primary, and I did not vote for him the first time in the general. Based on the left's complete and total disregard for everything this man has done, and based on the fact that everything they told me we were going to find out from the Mueller probe didn't bear fruit, I will be voting for Donald Trump in 2020.
0: I I hope that's the case with so many Americans because uh, it's it's wild and I've listen I've stayed I've stayed away from getting into fights uh, political fights on Facebook until recently and I don't really fight it's really like a a kind of snarky humorish reply. Like uh, these people that I know, that the, they say, uh, you know, our, our demo- this is the end of our democracy. This is the end of our democracy. I usually go, I- I'm going to need some more specifics. I'm going to need like how, how and, and what what is happening specifically that is the threat to our democracy. And then people love to to post, uh, you know, Trump is guilty. He's he's guilty of this and he's guilty of that. And then I always say, well, you might want to tell Mueller, you might want to tell someone Uh, in charge because you know that guy had unlimited funds and uh, unlimited resources and tons of lawyers and FBI agents and he missed what you've so uh, wonderfully grabbed onto so you might want to take your evidence to him it's nuts how they're just like the they, they can just completely ignore the reality of the situation and not only do they ignore the reality of the situation they flip it back on you and they they're like oh you're just a trump bot you're just a you oh, you guys are uh, you're 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 you you're you're unconvincible because you're so deluded. You've been drinking the Trump Kool-Aid. It's hilarious.
1: It's annoying is what it is. I mean, the, the same. So the same thing happened to me today. Right. So I saw somebody tweeting out about the Electoral College and it being dumb. And I'm like, no, the Electoral College is what keeps our representative democracy, otherwise known as a republic, functioning because it gives the ability for smaller states to still have input. So it ter- turns out, like, so I started dunking on this dude before I even bothered to look at his bio. But turns out he's from Canada. That's another thing that's driving me crazy. I'm really tired of people from other countries telling us how we should run our country, because I don't tell Canada how to run their country. I make fun of them quite often for how they run their country, but I don't tell them yeah. how they should run theirs.
0: It's too funny, man. That, But, like, I... I started doing this new bit on stage a couple nights ago and I can't wait to do it more. Like, like I love it when people are like other countries are laughing at us and I'm like, let them laugh. Like we're the most awesome civilization known to man. Like no one has done it better than America. If it looks crazy to other people, if it looks ugly to other people, if other people laugh at it, laugh away, laugh away. We're about to build a city on the moon. Like, like, legitimately, we've been up there. We took cars up there. We've invented laptops. We invented uh, cell phones. We invented the modern. We've we've invented the car, the transcontinental railroad. We we've done it all. We're about to start construction on a moon city. Laugh away, <laughs> laugh away, you losers! What? <laughs> oh, Canada. Oh, you should get rid of your electoral college, eh? What do you know, you queen, foot, kissing, French, speaking, backwards, (laughs) polite, milk-in-a-bag, serving? Like, laugh away. Laugh away, Canada.
1: Speaking of the moon base, if I thought there was an even remote shot that I could be, like, the first political talk show host on the moon and the wife would go for it, I would still move there just because it's probably the only way I'm ever going to lose weight. It is.
0: Uh, <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. If they do it, if they do it, my dad, when I was uh, very young, my dad worked at uh, this company, Rockwell Aviation, and they made components uh, for the space program, which is always like remember that movie Armageddon, you know, when, yeah. uh, oh, gosh, I, I Steve, remember. Steve Buscemi. You know, the rocket's about to take off, and the yeah. guy's like, I'm nervous. And Buscemi's like, why? Because you're sitting on a giant explosive made by a bunch of people who came in with the lowest bid. Like that thing. like, like uh, uh, My dad's th- – this company that he worked for, they made components. They're, whatever. But they would always talk about we're going to do this by then, and it never comes true. We're going to be here by no-. – like g- granted, we were we were able to go to the moon. We did that. That's great. That's fantastic. We went back. We 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 brought a car, but it's just been sitting there ever since. Uh, and I don't know why they're going back now. I have my theories on on why they're going back now. One is because China's going. China is is up there landing things on the dark side of the moon, and 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 nothing gets Americans motivated like like fear. But regardless, I hope they do it. I hope they do it. I hope they do it by twenty twenty four. It would be awesome. Elon Musk is killing it. Did you see those satellites he launched the other night?
1: Oh, yeah. I, I've been keeping up with pretty much everything he does space-related. It's awesome.
0: It is. It's 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 totally fantastic. I, and this is what I think. They should just uh, start shipping up one of his uh, Elon Musk boring drills up there. He's got this drill that dug underground tunnels in L.A., and it's really awesome. It's really awesome. They should just take one of those drills up there and start drilling holes underneath the surface of the moon. Just have an underground lunar base and just knock it out. Just knock it out.
1: It's just kind of funny okay. thinking about things that we used to think of as science fiction or actually probably about to be science fact.
0: I hope so. I really hope so. We need it. We need it. There's a ton of water on the moon, way more than they ever thought. We should. We should totally do it. Uh, I'd sign me up. Sign me up. I would go too. All right. I have some, uh, I have some interesting analysis on game of Thrones. We're going to, we're going to wind this show up with this because if this is a, this is my great passion in life. This one's great, all
1: you, Cause I've never seen a single episode. Just saying,
0: well, this is great. This is perfect. This is a, then it's a, a we're in a, a perfect habitat for me to explain, uh, my fears. Here's what's happened. Uh, this guy, George R. R. Martin, who was a former TV guy, former feature film guy, Not a lot of success in in either realm, but he was a very successful writer of fiction. He started this thing called Game of Thrones, uh, started and the books were very successful. and you know, by the second book, I think he had a deal, you know, to develop it somewhere. and <clears throat> extremely, extremely successful show for HBO, they outpaced him. So the final two seasons on HBO, uh, there was no real book to go off. They had an outline to go off. Now, George R. R. Martin was working with the show's developers and the show's creators to try to tell them this would happen and that would happen. However, uh, this last season, season eight, uh, left everybody – this is the grand finale – left everybody with a bad taste in their mouth. They're like, boy, that wasn't good. We did That was not satisfying at all. Why not? Why not? Now here was my other concern with this is the two guys who, who were the air quote creators of the TV show for HBO. They decided to deal with Disney and they're going to be doing a, a star Wars trilogy. Okay. So that's where, that's where my little worlds collide. It's it's star Wars and then it's fantasy. And, and here's the problem. And it's, and it's wonderful because now there's science, there's scientific evidence to back up my theory. The reason uh, Game of Thrones Season 8 wasn't emotionally satisfying is they rushed it. They went too fast. The characters were making these really – these whiplash uh, character changes. You went from good to evil, and you're like, wait, what, what? Why, why, why? And it all just felt rushed. So here's what they found out. And so and here's, here's my other beef, uh, Rick, is that you have, you have two guys who – they didn't create Game of Thrones – they didn't invent any of this stuff. They were going off of an outline and failing and failing. <laughs> and now you're going to give them a Star Wars trilogy. That's terrifying to me. Somebody tracked. Okay, first of all, there's this. Here's the problem. Uh, George R.R. R. Martin, the creator of Game of Thrones, he told HBO, he goes, I want to do 13 seasons. I think we can do this in 13 seasons, and that'll be a satisfying beginning, middle, and end of the story. The two guys – uh, who HBO hired to run the show? Uh, they said no, we're not going to do thirteen. We'll we'll give you we'll give you six. And they're like, but we need thirteen. We'll give you six. Well, we need at least ten. Uh, and then they they decided on eight. So already they're they're giving the the story the short shrift. And then for season seven and eight, they're like, but those are going to be short seasons. We're we're not going to do regular full run seasons. So they they just. They decided to sacrifice the story just because they didn't want to do it anymore, and they just they just bailed out. Here's the wonderful thing someone just did, and, and uh, I once again, I tweeted this out. You can go through my, my timeline and find it. With closed captioning now, you can go back, and uh, there's programs that will track this stuff. You can track how many words were spoken in an episode – So they've they've tracked like in season one, season two, season three. This is the one where they're going off the books and and all that other stuff. There was a bunch of talking like not only there were there great action scenes, but people were using more words as the show continued on. They stopped talking as much. And when you get to season seven and season eight, it's like no one's really talking much at all. Like they're literally their use of the English language just falls off the map. And I would say that's because the show creators didn't know how to write dialogue for these characters. And they just like, well, we'll do it visually. We'll do it visually. We'll say it with a look. We'll say it with a look. And that is very, very scary uh, if you're a Game of Thrones fan and if you're a Star Wars fan like me that means yikes you had you had 6 seasons to get to know all these characters and know how they speak and know how they they do things and know how they make decisions and you couldn't do it you failed and now we have scientific scientific evidence uh, to back it up you literally didn't use as many words I find, it, I find it very interesting. You, you you seem very quiet, but I think this is big. This is very, very big news.
1: No, I, Well, the reason I was quiet is because I was letting you finish your thought. But I, you actually made a point that I was going to make. And the simple fact of the matter is it's pretty scary that the people that were writing the show didn't take the time to learn the characters when they had books as source material and also six seasons worth of transcribing the books into TV episodes to figure out how these characters should behave. It also doesn't give me much hope for the new, uh, newly announced Star Wars trilogy. Um, I just, at this point, I just wish they would have left it at four, five, and six, and the books, because they, they've they've destroyed everything they've touched ever since four, five, and six.
0: It's, it's 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 really not good. It's it's worrisome. It's worrisome. But the fans love it. The fans love it. The other day. Uh, you know, Han Solo Two was trending. There's a big movement in the Star Wars community to get a uh, uh, another young Han Solo movie made. I think that'd be wonderful. Okay, uh, we're g-
1: my my only thought with that. I think the first Han Solo movie would have been better if it would have been something that was kind of used as a bridge between everything else and Episode Seven. Since he, well, in case anybody hasn't seen it yet, you, you know. There's there's a reason why I didn't find the solo movie very enjoyable because I already knew the ending.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a problem. That's a problem. There was uh, listen once once you know how a character ends, once you know how something ends, uh, for some reason human beings just are are no longer interest. It's it's hard to find a prequel interesting knowing that you already know the end. It's crazy. Uh, remember there was used to be a show called the fugitive. Uh, this is before the, the Harrison Ford, uh, movie. There was a, a show <clears throat> on TV, the, the fugitive, this guy who was set up, this doctor who set up for murder, who's being pursued by this one armed man. Uh, and he's running from the law cause they all think he's guilty of a crime and it was a hit show, huge hit show. And then what happened is it, they did a final episode of of the show where he finally catches the one armed man and he's able to prove himself innocent. And it was a big, it was a rating bonanza back in like whatever the fifties or the sixties, whenever it was on. However, when they tried to sell the show into syndication, nobody wanted it. Nobody wanted it because they knew how it ended. They knew there was a nice little bow on it. And that's, it's, it's crazy. Just the, uh, People just find it uninteresting when they know the – when they when you know the ending. I think they made a huge mistake. I know why they killed Han Solo's character uh, in that Star Wars movie, but it was a really bad idea. It was a really bad idea. They never should have done it. They never should have done it. So many mistakes. So many mistakes. Okay. Um, oh, I'm not going to get to the big conspiracy thing, but that's okay because it, it is a little out there. I hope you guys are enjoying your Memorial Day. I hope you're having a blast. And I'm just going to summarize everything really quickly. This this LoftusParty.com thing, this LoftusParty live show thing, it is legitimately uh, grassroots. We don't have money for PR. We're not, you know, buying advertising on radio stations, any of that stuff. We're relying on you, and you are a phenomenal audience. You listen to this show. You're telling your friends about it, and obviously you are because the, the numbers are improving, and it's all wonderful, and I love it. So I thank you for doing that. Keep up the good work. Uh, come out and see a show come out and see and if you can't make it to a show buy a ticket it's like donating it's like donating to save the whales save the save the right wing comedians i'll see you guys next week